Are you going through a difficult time? Are you experiencing a season of life that has tested your faith? Hey sister, I'm Rachel Williams and I'm right there with you. I've walked through divorce, single parenting, and in December of 2021, I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. I know what it means to feel lost, scared, and defeated. But the good news is that I know that God uses all things for good for those who love Him. I know that He has a plan for me of hope in the future. I want to pass that faith-based confidence on to you. So welcome to your new safe place. Enter into a community where you can be comfortable as we dig into biblical truths and discover hope for encouragement in your life. Because I believe that you are capable of powering through this season with tangible and actionable tools to rely on when you begin to feel hopeless. I'm here today to tell you, friend, that you can walk in godly freedom even when it's hard. It begins with uncovering God's promises in your life and arming yourself with God's truth so that you can conquer whatever hardships that you encounter. I'm here to guide you through the valley so that you can really live in truth and light. Let's shift our mindset from victim to victorious because we are warriors. So come fight with me, sister. Grab some coffee. Let's do this. Hi again. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you made the decision to join us again for episode three of the She is a Warrior podcast. Um, I'm just going to jump right in today because I have a lot that I want to cover. But before I start, I am actually at home today because it is fall break. And so you may be able to hear my fam in the background. So sorry about that in advance. But um, Last week, I mentioned that today we would be focusing on healing, but my goodness, I could talk for days on this topic, so I decided to do just that. Um, Today will be the first of a three-episode series on healing, Um, because let's face it, for a lot of us, when we hear the word healing, we think, do you mean from physical things, from emotional things, biblical healing, medicinal healing? Many of us can benefit from healing on many different levels, so we're going to discuss all the things. Um, Before we go into the specifics of the road to complete healing, I'm going to be a little vulnerable. I'm going to share with you my cancer story. Everyone sharing in this battle with me has their own story. It's very specific to them and unique in the sense that no two stories are identical. Um, So some portions of my story are very hazy, um, and some feel as if they actually happened this morning. Um, But I share this story for several reasons. The most important reason being, my passion and my drive is to raise awareness, Um, I've prayed that I can get through this. This is a tough story to tell, and I've never actually walked back through it in this way before. So we're we're gonna do it. It's gonna be fine. Um, But friends, there there there's so many points of my story that I kick myself because either one I knew better, or two I wish I had known better. Um, There are portions of my story that I can't explain in a way that makes sense. Um, I ultimately have to tell myself on a daily basis that this is part of my journey. And it led me here to hopefully make an impact and make a difference. But with that being said, y'all learn from me. Please hear me and advocate for yourself. Um, Know when something isn't right and speak up. It can make all the difference in the world. So I'm going to begin actually by throwing it way back to my sophomore year in high school. I'm not going to tell you what year that is because 
or was because I'm just not. But I remember um, one night I was on the phone. Um, I casually noticed a mild pain in my left breast. Now I was I was really active with cheer at this point in life in in my life, so minor aches were not unusual. Um, but this particular pain got my attention. Um, when attempting to you know like massage the pain away, I guess I happened to notice a small round almost like a marble rolling around in there. Um, it was very movable. It was perfectly round. And y'all, I panicked. Okay, so at this age, I connected breast lump to breast cancer. End of story. I was going to die. Like, all these big life plans I had for myself weren't going to happen. Call the coroner. Like, it was one of those situations. Um, I even remember the boy I was on the phone with sharing in my panic state and telling me, like, go wake up your mama. Uh, so I did, and she quickly eased our worries a little by informing us that lump does not always equal cancer. She told us there are plenty of perfectly harmless explanations to this little jewel that I had discovered. A couple of lessons were learned at this stage in my life. One, a comforting 80% of breast lumps that are biopsied are actually benign, completely harmless. And two, I was one of the lucky women to be diagnosed with a condition called fibrocystic breast. You may have heard this called fibrocystic breast changes. Um, with this condition, the tissue in the breast feels lumpy or rope-like. It can be accompanied by pain and tenderness. In other words, I would often feel worrisome little knots in, in my breast. So great, um, good high school fun. Not exactly the type of lovely lady lumps that I had been wanting in high school. So God, I'm sorry, you must have like not understood the assignment. But anyway, I, I ended up having this lovely little lump removed in a day surgery procedure, very minor. And of course, it was determined to be benign. Um, but a third thing that I also learned at this point in my life was foreshadowing of events to come. There's your teacher moment. You're welcome. These changes in my breast tissues were determined to be affected by hormones. So at the ripe old age of 15, I was put on birth control. Now, say what you want. I was mortified. Y'all, I cried. <laughs> like, what in the world? I'd, I'd barely even held a boy's hand at this point in, in my life, and people were going to find out that I was on birth control. Just go ahead and call that coroner back. Like, get him on the phone. Traumatic. Traumatic times. But the doctors really wanted me to be put on this birth control to try to regulate some of this hormone activity in my body. So now that I've established a very important backstory, I feel that it's important to mention this for a very specific purpose. Um, I had lumps come and go my whole teenage and young adult life. Um, they would come and go, some would hurt, some wouldn't. And it's because of this that I began to get really desensitized to finding them, which leads me to my first bit of advice. I believe that having mammograms and other extensive preventative screening methods are even more important for women with fibrocystic breast or those considered to have extremely dense breast tissue. Don't sleep on these things, people. Don't automatically assume that just because one is okay, that they all will be. There were a couple of other instances when I felt the need for further evaluation, but they all turned out to be okay, which ultimately was my body's version of the boy who cried wolf, if you know, you know what I mean. So when I was 32, I opted to take the BRCA, 
I'm probably mispronouncing that. So all of my medical professionals out there, I apologize. But it's the genetic test. My doctors wanted me to go ahead and take that due to the fact that my paternal grandmother, along with one of my mom's sisters, had had breast cancer before. Um, the test came back negative, but pause here. I need to insert here, um, forewarn you that this is the first of many times during my story that you're going to question my intelligence. Um, I assure you, I am in fact a very smart person. But um, the genetic testing came back negative, but my gynecologist suggested he wanted me to go ahead and have yearly mammograms at my age, even though the suggested age for these mammograms wasn't until 40. Well, I didn't do it. Um, there really are no excuses for me not doing what my doctor asked, other than I was crazy busy with kids and life at this point. I just started back to college, and if you listen back to previous episodes, you can be reminded that I was obsessed with school. Um, I, I just I just didn't have time for a booby sandwich machine at that time. Like, I'll be fine. It's what I told myself. Uh, I really did have intentions of going one day. I just never got around to it, and y'all... This is one of my biggest regrets. Um, there is such a strong possibility that my cancer would have been caught in the early stages had I followed my doctor's request. But as I've learned through many life lessons, you can do absolutely nothing about the things that you wish you had done other than being a voice for others and raising awareness. So if I can help just one woman to get an early diagnosis before metastasis, or better yet, make lifestyle changes to prevent the cancer from even happening in the first place, all of this will be worth it. So, fast, fast forward again to a girl now 35 years old, recently divorced, new teacher, broke as a joke. Y'all, I am telling you, times were hard. But this girl finds an area of concern, only this one's different. It's not the round, movable little pesk like before. It's irregularly shaped and very stationary, meaning I had to really search to find the thing, and it really just felt like it was part of the tissue. So I pull up a few Google searches. I'm reminded that fibrocystic breasts can feel rope-like, which is what this was to me, and it can cause pain, which it had. It was a little tender, and that, that's how I found it. Or it can feel like areas of thickening. And I wrote it off. But I have to say, looking back now, there was a nagging sense of this isn't right. Um, I actually remember calling and making an appointment for this pot spot, but calling and canceling it because I don't know if it was a, it was a mixture. But I was scared. Like I knew something was wrong. And I just kept telling myself that it, it would be okay. This is the part of my story when I should have said something, but every other time was okay this one would be too, right? I mean, I continued going to my yearly checkups and I validated my decision by ignoring it when every time the physician's hands came to that area, I cringed knowing that they were going to say something, but they never did. Surely if it was bad, the doctor would feel it, right? I mean, they do this every day. They know what to look for. This this was me just justifying my poor decision to remain silent here, but you know your body more than anyone. Doctors may miss things. You speak up if you know something isn't right. Life went on, and perhaps one of the biggest parts of this story, I had a baby. My pregnancy was far from easy, and I attributed it to me just being old this time around. But praise God, we had a healthy, beautiful baby boy. But as everyone knows, 
your hormones during pregnancy and after postpartum are just going crazy. Hormones are rampant. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I really feel like this was kind of the the trigger and the push for this cancer to really start to grow and spread in my body. Um, but around his first birthday, seemingly all at once, my body began to demand attention. There was no denying it anymore. The skin in this area of my breast actually began to recede into itself, making a dimple of sorts. My entire right breast became swollen and fiery red. Um, Mastitis could have been the reasonable thought, but I didn't breastfeed Carter, and he was almost a year old. Um, Furthermore, I began to have, at times, excruciating pain in my right shoulder, so bad that using my right arm was almost impossible at times. Um, At one point, I also had severe pain in my ribs, um, to the point where I was sure that I had somehow broken one. I went to the doctor and had x-rays, and everything looked fine, but it was far from fine. I have a wonderful aunt who happens to work at my gynecologist's office. She made me an appointment for December 1st. I remember the date. Um, I cried leading up to this day because I knew what was coming. But nothing can actually prepare you for the words when it really happens. I was scheduled to see a nurse practitioner who was in the room with me for probably a total of about 25 seconds before she informed me that she was going to get the doctor. Um, This is the man that I have been going to since that wonderful day when I was 15, the one who delivered all three of my babies. He immediately looked at me and with just one look confirmed my biggest fears. Of course, he couldn't diagnose it at this point, but he said that he was going to walk to his office right then and call the best surgeon that he knew and ask him to work me in as soon as possible. Um, This is where my story really begins to get really hazy. Um, The following days were filled with me worrying while planning Carter's first birthday party. And, you know, looking at him and fearing what was coming was probably one of the hardest times in my life. I received the call from the surgeon in Savannah the following day, and he worked me into his schedule two days later. Um, I would go in for an exam followed by an ultrasound. My husband and I made the journey to Savannah on a Friday. Um, Upon seeing the ultrasound and examining my disfigured chest, the surgeon ultimately made the decision to order a mammogram and a more extensive ultrasound that day. Um, Matt and I went downstairs to the imaging center and I left him in the waiting room as I went back to robe up. Now, I totally I totally understand why husbands can't be back there with, you know, all the women walking around with bathrobes and stuff, but I don't think there was probably ever a time when I really just did not want to be alone more than that time. I really needed him back there with his big strong arms and his tough guy emotions of steel like like really bad. But the staff there were really amazing. Um, they were tender and considerate and actually understood that a lot of women there were probably really terrified. Um, I'll spare you all the the details because we were there all day long. Mammograms, multiple ultrasounds. Um, and then one of the technicians informed me that they really wanted to go ahead and do the biopsies that day rather than having me come back at a later day, which was the original plan. However, they needed my surgeon's approval for this, but he was in a meeting. Um, they waited for a little while for the surgeon to get out of the meeting, but one physician actually ended up going into this meeting, interrupting a physician's meeting, y'all, 
to get that approval for me so that we could go ahead and do those biopsies. This They went ab- above and beyond for me, and I'm, I'm so grateful for them. But at one point of the day, I, I do remember this very well. I remember one of the surge- the physicians um, kind of patted my leg, and he said, we're going to take really good care of you, and he handed me a tissue. Now, it's important to note here that I wasn't crying. I wasn't crying yet. So in my mind, I'm thinking, this really this really isn't good, and, and I, maybe I should be crying. Should I, should I be crying? Like, it, it, it just really, looking back now, it's kind of funny. It wasn't funny at the time. But anyway, moving on. Eventually, the team got me prepped and ready for the biopsies. They would be taking tissue from four different places, two in each breast, which was a shock because I never felt anything in my left one, and neither did any of the doctors that had seen me over the past week. So it, it's possible that the biggest thing that I remember that day was after the, the biopsy procedure, the nurses were telling me my discharge, post-op care instructions, and all I said was, can I pick up my baby? And I began to sob, like, lose your breath, ugly cry, right there on the table. They were, they were so kind-hearted, and one of them cried with me and said, absolutely, you pick up that baby. Um, They asked me how old he was, and I told him that his first birthday party was tomorrow. I decided to push the whole situation out of my mind to try to forget about it and enjoy baby boy's first birthday, so that's what we did. Um, He had the sweetest little lumberjack theme party at my favorite little coffee shop in town, and for that day, all was right with the world. On December 13th, 2021, I got the call. I remember I was working in my classroom late one night. I say it was late, but probably during this time of the year, it was probably only about six o'clock, but I saw the number from Savannah and I immediately knew who it was. Um, I opened my back door and I sat on the ground and I said, all right, God, here we go. And I answered the phone. I don't remember much about the conversation. Um, Cancer, HER2 positive, the best kind to have are some of the phrases that I remember, but um, he wanted to see me and like two days later to discuss a plan of action and we would get started with treatment right away. Now, a lot of people kind of questioned that decision and said, you know, I, I don't really agree that a phone call was probably the best way to, to handle that. But with this phone call, I was able to get my emotions in check and really, I was really able to go through the emotions and the initial shock of hearing the word cancer and then I was able to sit at that table and listen to what they had to say as we came up with a plan of action to fight this thing. Because if anybody has ever had a conversation like this, you remember that after you hear the word cancer, you hear nothing else. It's like life in general just fades into the background and everything becomes a blur. And had they have sat me at that table and said, you have cancer, and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this and this, I wouldn't have heard anything. So I really feel like This was a good way to go about this, to allow me to get over the initial shock and allow us to really go through the emotions of it all before we went in and came up with a plan, if that makes makes any sense. But after I got off the phone, I sat on the ground and cried for who knows how long, actually. And then I walked down to a friend's room, who thank goodness was still there, and basically fell into her arms. Um... 
I didn't even have to say why. She knew. She cried with me and assured me that everything was going to be okay. And I'm, I'm so thankful that God put her there that night. On the way home that night, God really began to speak to me. I felt in the deepest parts of my heart that everything was going to be okay. It was on this next trip to Savannah that God really began to show out. Um, I can see Him working in so many areas throughout this time, but it was this visit that shook me. We sat at a little table and discussed our plan of action. At this point, we were labeling it as stage two, invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, I was estrogen receptor, or ER positive, progesterone receptor, PR positive, and HER2 receptor positive. You know, in the cancer world, we call that triple positive. I learned that my specific cancer is hormone-fed. Remember that discovery from when I was 15? Um, I'm going to dedicate another episode about things that I wish I had known dealing with hormones and parabens and all that stuff later. But for now, we're happy with the fact that HER2-positive cases have many different treatment options. Just within the last five years or so, there have been so many advances in this area of cancer. So that, that was a very positive note for us. But by knowing the receptor status, my oncologist can prescribe specific treatments that target these receptors. The doctor then wanted to order further treatment to rule out metastasis. Remember that shoulder pain. The doctor was very optimistic in thinking that the pain was not related. All of the physicians that I mentioned it to seemed convinced that it must have been injury. But um, I really believe that God began to whisper affirmations to prepare me for the reality that it was. I knew the cancer was in my shoulder, y'all. I, I didn't need a fancy diagnostic machine to tell me that. In a way, this was a blessing because I was prepared. I, it didn't come as a shock to me at all. But as my husband and I left the building this day after this appointment, the type of peace that you only read about and that you only hear people talk about came over me. It was so surreal and probably the most overwhelming instance in my life where I know that it was the Holy Spirit. It was, of course, with another series of tests that we eventually determined that the cancer was to blame for the shoulder pain. And it had also spread to my liver and other areas of the bone. And I'll go into more details of this portion you know, later. But for today, I just want you to take away a few things. Number one, advocate for yourself. My doctor is amazing and recommended mammograms at an early age for me. But not all doctors are like mine. I have heard of instances when women have requested mammograms only to be shut down because it's not in your family history or you're too young. Friends, I'm only 38 and this monster had already grown so rampantly in my body. Speak up. Don't stop until someone hears you. Number two. Listen to your body. You know when something isn't right. Follow that feeling, friends. Now, I'm not telling you to become a hypochondriac, but reasonably follow up with instances when you know something isn't right. Number three, and this is really, really where my passion and my drive comes from, is I want you to start paying attention right now to the food that fuels your body, the products that you put onto your skin. Our skin is the largest organ of our body, be mindful of that. Don't wait to make these shifts in your life like I did. Be proactive rather than reactive. It's true that approximately 6 to 8% of cancers are genetic. That's all. And please be mindful of the fact that I just said 6 to 8. 
I didn't say 68. That leaves a huge portion to environmental factors and lifestyle, things that you can take control of right now. Um, I love how Dr. Jonathan Stegall, the author of the book entitled Cancer Secrets, compares cancer to Satan. He says that cancer comes to steal our health, rob our joy, and destroy our life. This is a spiritual description of a physical process, but the analogy is far too fitting to ignore. But in the same light, this author reminds us that God says that He comes that we may have life and have it to the fullest. And just as our Lord has defeated sin, He will defeat cancer too. Satan will not have the final say, and neither will cancer. When Christ died for our sins, Satan was disarmed and defeated. The one eternally destructive weapon that Satan had was stripped from his hand, which was his accusation before God that we were guilty and should perish because of the fall of man in the garden. When Christ died, that accusation was annulled, canceled out, no longer. All of those who entrust themselves to Christ will never perish. Satan cannot separate me from the love of God in Christ, as stated so beautifully in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. In the end, Satan and all his pain serves to magnify the power, wisdom, love, grace, mercy, patience, and wrath of Jesus Christ. We would not know him in the fullness of his glory if he had not defeated Satan the way that he did. So doesn't it make sense for me to transfer this statement into a personal narrative in the face of the struggles that we see? In the end, cancer and all its pain serves to magnify the power, wisdom, love, grace, mercy, patience, and wrath of Jesus Christ. I would not know Him in the fullness of His glory if He had not defeated cancer the way that He did the way that He will. I believe that like other hardships, cancer is the result of living in a fallen world. But even in this fallen world, it's important to know that He will work together for the good, even the toughest of circumstances, and He will put people on our path for very specific purposes. On the morning of my first chemo treatment, my husband and I sat in a little office to discuss payment and insurance coverage. At the conclusion of this, this woman probably broke all kinds of laws here, but she was so astonished at the reality of it all, I don't think it mattered to her, and I'm so glad that she was a rebel. Um, She said, there's a girl here with almost your exact diagnosis on your exact treatment plan. Your birthdays are even days apart. She just too had a baby, and she is starting treatment today of all days, just like you are. Can I please introduce you? I see you, God. I mean, who could deny the presence and the works of our Father with something so perfect? Who could ever chalk that up to happenstance or coincidence? I know I won't. I walked into what was anticipated as one of the scariest days of my life and instead met a lifelong friend that I didn't even know that I needed. We took the most unpleasant circumstance and turned it into the best day. See, God knew I needed her, but more than anything, He wanted to make it so plainly evident that He is in control. Not doctors, not me, not cancer, Him. And He wanted to show me that this ugly thing called cancer would be used to further His kingdom and bring others to Him. That He cares so much about the seemingly insignificant details that He would orchestrate something so unbelievable. See, God is in the healing business. 
He's in the miracle-making business, and He's not done with me yet. Our ultimate healing is already done. It was done on the cross on Calvary, where a perfect man willingly received what we deserved. But He's not in that tomb anymore. Dear Lord, thank You. I don't think there are words in the English language sufficient to express our gratitude for Your goodness. Thank you for being our healer and for making it known that your love, goodness, and mercy you freely give. I pray for all of those battling this disease, but thank you that you can show up in times of sadness to show that you are in control. Thank you for healing me. I pray also that my words will fill the hearts of the ones that you intend, and they will be moved to make changes in their lives, bringing them closer to healing and closer to you. In your sweet name. Amen. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us today. Again, please join our Facebook community and let me know how I can pray for you. Also, if you could give our podcast a review, I would so much appreciate that. I'm tuning in every Wednesday for inspiration and encouragement as we work together to overcome challenges. Be intentional, sister, in your pursuit of Jesus, even in the valley, so that when others see you, they'll know she is a warrior.